Welcome. I'm Dr. Owen Anderson, and this is a devotional reflection on David and Goliath. And I'm going to make the case that David, or that Goliath, not David, was the underdog. This is sometimes taken as a story of an underdog defeating the uh, the guy who was supposed to win, right? The the uh, giant. And someone will say then, of a, in a sports instance, this is a David and Goliath example. Now, I think it's actually reversed. I think we have some reason to think that Goliath was the underdog going into this. So he's described here, big stature, and he's taunting Israel. He comes out and he says to them, uh, why do you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come out to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And he says specifically, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Now their armies would be associated not just with their king and their people, but with their God. So I defy the armies of Israel. I defy the God of Israel. We who, who uh, uh, serve Baal, who's sort of like Jupiter or Zeus, a thunder god, he had parents, he uh, has a wife, etc., we who believe in that guy defy Israel who worships Yahweh. I am the eternal one. And the, the soldiers of Israel are terrified because he's a, a big guy. And he keeps coming and doing this for 40 days, morning and evening, presenting himself. Now, David's brothers were already there, his older brothers. And there are some of the group that's not going out to challenge Goliath. But David's father, Jesse, also sends David down there now, and he hears this. And there's a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath, coming out. And he speaks according to the same thing, and David hears him. And all the men of Israel, when they saw him, flee. And the men of Israel say, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes. You've got to love that. So the question is, well, then why not do it? The soldiers are saying this, then why not go up and defeat him? Well, we can't. He's a giant. But it's really a conflict then between not just the people, but about God. And this is what we call biblical atheism. Uh, Goliath is defying Israel, and he may not be saying there is no Yahweh. He's just saying your God can't do anything about it. I'm in charge. I can defy your God. My God's in charge. And, and people still say this till today, right, that, that uh, God might exist, but he's absent. He's hidden. He doesn't get involved in the world. Well, David immediately puts it in the right context. Who is this Philistine, this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, remember, circumcision is a sign of needing a new heart. Moses said, circumcise your hearts. Here's a guy who doesn't even know he needs a new heart. He doesn't even know that he's born dead in sin. And he's defying the living God, not a statue, an inanimate statue, not fictional myths and stories about a guy who throws thunderbolts and has a wife and kids and a father. He had a beginning. He's not eternal. Baal's not eternal without beginning. He's defying God, the one who made all things and rules all things. That's what reverses is, should reverse in your mind. The side David's on is not the underdog side. But also David himself was trained and ready for this. David had been 
watching the sheep. And during those times, sometimes a lion or a bear would come up and David had been able to defend the sheep against a lion or bear, very ferocious. And he's going to use the same skills that he'd learned then to fight the Philistines. So you have this story uh, about him being given armor. He says he'll go out and his older brother says, why are you doing that? Uh, You're just prideful. Well, it's not pride. He's put together the argument. Essentially, Goliath is presenting an argument. Uh, If there's a God in Israel, I couldn't defeat you. I can defeat you. Therefore, there's no God in Israel. Or uh, uh, since I can defeat you, there's no God in Israel. Same thing. Just can order it how you want. And and David's going to present an argument back. You're defeated. And so the action of the conflict really is just representing the argument. And we're still involved in that kind of thing today. We may not be going out to fight physical Goliaths, but we're still involved in that kind of argument where someone says, God is not real. God is not involved in the world. God's distant. God's hidden. And you should be able to respond back and show how that's an incoherent position. So, again, a lion or a bear would come up. He would go after it. Not not only just defend it, he goes after it, strikes it down, and delivers the lamb out of his mouth and struck it and killed it. So he's killed both lions and bears. He feels pretty confident he can deal with uh, Goliath. Now, they try to put armor on him. And he doesn't want it. So think about that. Think about the conflict here. Here's Goliath. He's got heavy armor, a heavy spear that you'd see coming a mile away, a humongous sword, unwieldy. And then David, no armor because it would slow you down. He wants to be nimble. And he's got a projectile that he can shoot across the battlefield, a uh, sling, right? There's no reason to think the Philistine Goliath is in a better position at all. But he doesn't see that in his pride. So David's not fighting for himself. David's fighting to show that this claim about God is not true. And he goes out and Goliath mocks him. What am I, a dog that you come at me with sticks? Right? He expects the same kind of conflict, which is his mistake. He shouldn't have expected that. And that pride led to his own downfall. And so he says, I'm going to kill David. And David says, you come at me with a sword and a spear, with a javelin. But here's where David gets it and why he's not the underdog. I come at you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. So David's focus is on the right thing. When he says, I defy Israel, it's not just King Saul or the soldiers. I defy God, Yahweh, I am, the eternal one, the ruler of all things. He's claiming there is no such being. And so you'll still encounter that today. You won't go out with a slingshot against a Philistine. Those are the particulars. You were missing the point. You're going to encounter people who say this exact same thing that that Goliath said. There is no God. Or if there is a God, he's not involved in the world. He's distant. And you should be ready, just like David was, with an argument. So David's argument is one-to-one with the action. Uh, Interestingly, remember uh, here, the Philistine curses David by his gods. So the Philistine, Goliath invoking his gods against, and and again, these deities had a beginning. They aren't infinite. I mean, it's not as even if Goliath thinks they are. That's just the stories about them. They're not. Against the one who created all things, who brought being into existence by uh, by speaking it. Goliath's not thinking. This is what happens when you neglect reason. You do things like this. And so David's meeting the action, right? I'll conquer anyone in Israel because there's no God. 
And David's going to show that wrong by conquering him. So again, you, may not, you won't be in that kind of situation, but you should be ready to respond to the argument. And so they go out to battle. The Philistine comes out, draws near to David. David hurries and runs toward him to meet the Philistine. Now, he's not afraid at all. He goes, he's nimble because he's not get, you're not having a ton of armor. He goes right to him, takes out a stone, sling, slung it, strikes the Philistine in the forehead, sinks into his forehead, dead right, from everybody, for everyone to see, uh, or let me get the order right, slinks into the forehead, he falls to the earth, right, boom, just falls like a sack of potatoes, and then David kills him with his own sword, uh, runs over, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath, and kills him with Goliath's own sword, what, uh, a, talk about the prideful being humbled low, and when the Philistines see this, that he's dead, they flee, and now the soldiers of Israel get up and are ready to go after him. And Saul asks about David. But again, back up here. David's ready. He's had these kinds of conflicts before. Goliath's the underdog in the story. And it's not just physically because David's good. He's fought lions. He's fought uh, bears. He's got a sling. He's really good at that. It's not just that. That's part of it. Because... Uh, in his pride, the Philistine thinks just another guy with heavy armor is the only one that can fight me. But the essence of this is the conflict between the belief in God and the unbelief of Goliath. He's in unbelief. He claims his gods, finite deities, uh, can affect God of Israel, can defeat the God of Israel, and really that there is no God because he's saying your God is not even involved. He can't help you. And again, that's still what we hear today. There may not be Philistines in the sense of Baal worshipers, or maybe there are, uh, but there's still lots of people who say there is no God, or if there is a God, he's distant, hidden, not helping you in your life. And you should be ready to respond to that argument and show why that's absolutely false. It's without excuse. So thanks for joining me in a uh, reflection on David and Goliath.